Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for the podcaster who's here. I'm uh, trying to think of something witty. I'm here to put you to sleep. I'm here to keep you company and take your mind off of stuff with some senseless banter. Not witty banter. Oh, boy. Wit- I don't know if it's witless banter. Coolest banter, probably. Coolest banter. Uh it's banter about clueless and things interesting to people who love clueless. Uh, the the uh, the movie clueless had a brief run as a TV show. Clueless the music. There's a musical, right? Is there a musical clueless? I, I honestly have no idea. Because I say, okay, we've got uh, Mean Girls, right? Uh, uh, which what, what's the Al Woods one? Uh, I'm a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. I can't remember that one. Oh, Legally Blonde. Um, why do I feel like, uh, there should be Coolest Musical and there should also should be, I was thinking of it and then I forget. Oh, Election the Musical. But, you know, I've been wrong before and oh boy, you know, you say, those are all musical scoots. And I'd say that's music to my ears then. But you know what? You might not want music at bedtime. You might want some senseless, slightly clueless bantering, not exactly about clueless. If you want a good discussion about clueless, uh, uh, script notes. And I think they re-ran it recently. My daughter and I listened to it. uh, And they run through clueless, uh, the movie, the motion picture. Clueless, the motion picture. I don't know if they, it was a movie. It was a motion picture. Uh, like I just uh, I think I guess what has been a motion picture Star Trek the motion picture that was the one that pops in my head holy cow talk about slow motion getting to the point this is a podcast to put you to sleep because you deserve a good night's sleep and so uh, coming up here there's going to be some sport that's how the show comes out free twice a week then there'll be a long meandering intro to ease you into bedtime and uh, then a nice little bedtime story to tuck you in. Uh, so it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. Thanks for making it possible, my patron peeps. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it the bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. It could be thoughts on your mind, like uh, things, you know, th- like th- thoughts. Like the word clueless, uh, it could, you could have some thoughts or some feelings about that. It's a tough word. Uh, or it's been used in ways, in my way, say... Le- the state of lacking a clue like that would be and then you see maybe you see my picture there pointless uh, pointless meanders right superfluous tangents that's what I use uh, what the heck was it where was I whatever's keeping you awake oh thoughts feelings anything coming up for you emotionally anything physically you're experiencing it could be changes in time temperature routine it could be something else and the reason I run through that brief list isn't to kind of remind you of anything other than the fact that you're not alone. And you're not alone in some weird digital way. Yeah, I acknowledge that. But, like, someone that's listening right now can probably relate to what you're going through. Maybe no one listening has experienced it, but I'm guessing someone has. And I might not have been through what you're going through. But I know how it feels in the deep, dark night. I know what it feels like, uh, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, trouble waking up too early, trouble waking, you know. I just had something within the last uh, day and a half that I had to get up really early for where I had to kind of do whatever, pre- present something. And uh, it was I found out about it like somewhat last minute, but not so last minute that I couldn't go try to go to bed early. And it was just, you know, one of those nights where I said, this isn't that big a deal, but my mind was running the whole night, you know, in between trying, please, I just want to get some sleep here to be ready for tomorrow because I got to get up early and, you know, be on. 
So I know how it feels. Maybe that's not exactly what you're dealing with, but maybe someone else out there can relate to that. That's one of the things I want you to know. Even if you never listen to the show again, your feelings in the deep dark night are still valid, and it it, it doesn't change facts. It's not easy. But this doesn't change. You deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place you can get some rest, a bedtime you don't dread, that you could feel neutral about or look forward to. I hope I can provide that for you. I can't provide it for everybody. So that's why I have sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you for people that are like, no thank you. You you know, most people don't say it that way when they message me or they post a review like, uh, but that's okay. Like, uh, but if you do, if you are in a place where you're like, well, no, thank you. I'll check that out though, because you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve the rest you need. So your life is more manageable. And if you get that rest, whether it's through sleep with me or something else, the great news is our world's a better place to be in for everybody. And our world will be even better if you're out there flourishing, you know, living a full life. That's a, means it's a great world to be in. So those are the two reasons I'm here to help, and a lot of other people are kind of like pulling for you in the deep, dark night because we know how it feels, and we know you deserve some rest and uh, a bedtime routine and a bedtime you can say, well, at least I got that boring, rambling guy who's kind of clueless, kind of not. He clued me into his cluelessness. Here's the thing. Did is it, it, it like a now? I'd, I'd like to just reserve all rights, but somebody else probably thought of this. But is any like person solving mysteries, or they're like assist? You know, they're like you got Holmes and Watson, right? Or uh, I don't know if Thea Stilton and Geronimo Stilton never did anything together. And again, people say, by the way, they just drove around in cheese cars, or what? I said, wouldn't they eat the car if it was made of cheese? But um. Has anybody ever said you've been clued? Like the state of being, I guess, like uh, what would happen if you were a character in the game Clue, you'd say you've been clued. But I don't know. That just popped in my head. It'd be a cool thing to say. You've been clued. Clued in? Like uh, like I've discovered a clue or I've been, well, I don't know. I just think it's a good tagline. I don't know the um, best use of it. I'm just saying one day. One day I hope I develop a character. I mean, I probably could. I mean, I have a couple of characters that do investigate mysteries. They're not currently running a series on the show, but uh, they could, someone in that could say, you've been clued. And the other person could say, I've already, it's already been brought, it's already been clued in. It's already been brought in. And say, I don't know what, what this has to do with it. Well, oh, it's part of a podcast to put you to sleep and keep you company. What I do is I send my voice across the deep, dark night. I think I didn't. For, I forgot this part. I use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, all to keep you company so you can fall asleep. The show does take some getting used to if you're new, because at one, I have creaky dulcet tones. I have pointless meanders and superfluous tangents, which you've already seen quite a few of. Pointless meanders, I have quite a few. Uh, but so all that, oh, it takes some getting used to. Uh, because, uh, like it just does like most people come to the show either skeptical cause you tried a ton of stuff to put you to sleep or, uh, you, you're, you're, you've tried a bunch of like, uh, you're like, uh, what is this person talking about? Like, I just really want to fall asleep. I thought this was more of a guru style show where you'd be counting down and there'd be calm music and bells and stuff. And you say, no, 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 there's uh, there's none of that here. It's just me rambling. I mean, they're like, I'm here to keep you company. So it just takes a little bit of getting used to it. And that's not me. I don't benefit by, I only benefit if you get, you know, get good rest. So giving it a few tries, it's just what most regular listeners say that support the show. When they message me, they say, hey, I, I loathed you. That's one of my favorite, my favorite email is to, you know, when someone tells me their story and they say, this is what happened and now I'm sleeping better, either with or without the podcast. There's some people that graduate from the show. There's some people that listen to the show, you know, they're students, then they listen to grad school, then their first job, then their first child. You know, they listen to me like through those ups and downs on and off. Uh, so, oh, oh, but it does take some getting used to. I'm not, ever, I'm an acquired taste. 
So, yeah, I'm not like a mainstream music, a successful musical, where you say, of course there's a Clueless musical. What are you, Clueless? Uh, I'd say, is there? Like, uh, I mean, it just probably comes down to the rights and the right, you know, production, having the right people on the thing. I'd say, uh, you know, I was just trying to think of like, uh, I, I don't know, now my musical, my musical production brain's going, uh, so, okay, so take some getting used to. This is a podcast. A couple things that take some getting used to is, one, this is a podcast you don't really listen to, but you can listen to it. So I'm here to the very end to keep you company and take your mind off stuff, whether you're awake or asleep or whether you're listening or not. There's no pressure to listen, but if you can't sleep for some reason or you need a break during the day, I'm here to keep you company and, and talk to you. You know, I'm not a legal eagle like Elle Woods, uh, but I'm, lo- you know, I'll be lost in the woods. Uh, we're talking about legal pads or steno pads. Uh, so you, and you said Elle Woods was not in any of those. And I'd say, well, she was in the movie, like, uh, totally like uh, Law Boss or whatever it was called. Again, it's called uh, Legally Blonde. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Brain. Uh, so, uh, this is a podcast you don't really listen to. It doesn't also doesn't put you to sleep. So there's no pressure for you to fall asleep. There's people that are listening that can't sleep and they listen to the very end. And I'm just here to make the deep, dark night less lonely. Now that doesn't mean you have to listen, but it doesn't mean, it just means I'm going to be here for over an hour to keep you company so you could fall asleep. I'm here to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar bud, your boar bestie, your boar burr, your neighbor, your boar friend. Your boar bra, to keep you company and take your mind off of stuff. A friend you don't need to listen to. That's not a musical, because you'd say, yeah, you'd say maybe at Fringe Fest it could be a musical, but uh, I'd say, okay. Challenge 2029, look out. A friend, that wouldn't be the title, cause, but that could be the working title. That I'll, for, for an imaginary, the imaginary Fringe, fringe Fest within me. Uh, okay. So, um, no podcast you don't really need to listen to. doesn't put you to sleep. Tell me some more good news. Oh, structurally, this can throw people off. So I'll tell you about the structure of the show. It is very intentional, the structure of the podcast to be able to benefit the most people it can, but also so that as you become a regular listener, you can kind of adjust so the show starts off with their greeting, friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, that way you can feel seen and welcome. You say, I could check this podcast out. You get an idea of the tone. Then there's support for the show. That's how the show is free. So you could pay for the show if you don't want to listen to the support. But you could also just have the support uh, keep the show for, free for you. Then there's an intro, which is separate from the support. I don't want you to miss out on this part. Because initially, like, some people object to the support or sponsors and stuff, and then they say, oh, like, the intro is just part of the sponsors. There's an intro for the podcast that's, like, 10 to 20 minutes long. I just check, and I think right now we're around 11 minutes. Uh, but where I go on and on and on to ease you into bedtime, but it's a show within a show. It's not really meant to put you to sleep. It's more to ease you into bedtime, explain what the podcast is. I go off on some tangents. I get mixed up, uh, but but it's really like, so So for some listeners that are getting ready for bed, for some listeners that are in bed getting comfortable, there's listeners that are asleep. There's some listeners that started the show at 20 minutes, but there's a lot of people that are doing some sort of bedtime activity or getting comfortable or getting ready for bed to ease you into bedtime, to have a transition from being awake to going to sleep. And that transition time, it really is something that's been shown to work. Uh, it, uh, not 100% of the time. Like I said, it doesn't work for me 100% of the time. But it makes me look forward to bedtime. Especially for me, part of it is like having a good book. And right now I'm having a book I'm not enjoying, but I'm trying to see it through. And I just finished a book I really did enjoy. And I can see the contrast, you know. So the intro is meant to be a part of that and ease you into bedtime. And you could skip it. You know, some people listen to story-only episodes, but at least at first, to see how it goes. Then after the intro, again, is support for the show. That's how it's free. But you could also pay on Apple Podcasts or Patreon, and then you could skip over that part. 
Then there'll be our bedtime story. I'm pretty sure this is our Valentine's Day bedtime story or Valentine's season show. Um, but it'll be fun and meandering and uh, should be kind of nice. Uh, and then there'll be some thank yous at the end. So that's the structure of the show. That's why I make the show. I'm really glad you're here. I really appreciate you coming by and checking the podcast out. I really hope I can help you fall asleep. I yearn and I strive to do that. Uh, so thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways we're able to do it for you for free twice a week. Everybody, hey, Scoots here. And uh, this is a, um, a special episode for uh, a V-Day, I think. Uh, I'm recording this early. But I, I actually... Uh, uh, so, okay, so this is, a, I think it's going to be a Valentine's Day episode. This episode came about kind of uh, in a, I don't know, did I talk about this in the intro? I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> but I was working with this photographer, Jeremy Cohen, uh, Germ, uh, G- Germ, yeah, Germ Cohen. Uh, and I'll link uh, to Jeremy's uh, Instagram. And let me see. Oh, yeah. And they have a bio site in there on the, on uh, Jeremy's uh, in, uh, Instagram. But we were having a fun time. And, uh, we, we, like, I was trying to, you know, give uh, any time, like, uh, like uh, in a professional sense, work with somebody that uh, has checked out the podcast, you know, but they haven't listened to it because they couldn't sleep. It can be an opportunity, like, because Jeremy was really chill, uh, to, to kind of introduce them to the podcast and be myself. And so I was like, okay, let's, uh, uh, let's see how it goes. And then we we're kind of talking about photography and cameras and uh, different types of cameras and the camera that, uh, Jeremy was using and that they used to use. And it wasn't even a, like a matter of like a judgment or quality or anything in different camera groups and the mirrorless versus, uh, DSLR. And we, I kind of was like, well, this could be like a, a rom-com almost like, oh, this one person uses this camera and one person uses that other camera. And so I just wanted to give a shout out to Germ. Uh, I think I'm saying Germ correctly because Jeremy, to short to Germ, is Germ, which I didn't even think of till now was a was the name of uh, season one Lady Witchbeard's sidekick. But this is with a J, by the way. So uh, J E R M, short for Jeremy. So um, so we're gonna go with this. Uh, and so this you like uh, this part you would hear as a listener. The rest of this, you know, will be my pitch for the VC, you know, once again, or whatever, private investment or equity, something or other. So, like, uh, so from here, I'll go into my <laughs> same voice presenting mode. Uh, yes, yeah, so this is another, uh, this is my, not like, uh, what is it if you forget to do it one year? Uh, semi-annual pitch to Venmo. Uh, or I guess they're owned by another company now. Now, here's the thing. If you're listening and you own another, whatever you call it, monetary exchange platform that is not in, like, it's not involved with anything I don't understand. I mean, I'm sure the technology that makes it work, I don't understand. But, you know, I'm saying like, you know, the, the, whatever, wherever you are in the world, equivalent of dollar bills, not money forms that I'm like, I still don't, I can't grasp that, uh. No, not trying to say anything. I'm just trying to say, like, if you own a platform, like, like a Venmo, but I can figure, I can rename things for your platform. I don't know. I mean, no offense to any other platforms, but they're not as successful. And I know Venmo doesn't own. So this is not a sponsored thing, by the way. But also, please, you know, like, uh, this is a. Uh, fan fiction this is satire and parody by the way just in case you're listening but done in in such a, in a positive way because of my love of like uh, ease of use so uh every every few years or whenever i remember that valentine's day exists and it's coming up uh i think though a couple times we did it around halloween so i don't know how often it's been but I try to pitch you, and uh, 
on this unique opportunity. And once again, we are at the place where it's a unique opportunity to take your platform. Now, to be honest, I haven't used it like this in a while. So my usage, just so you know, like, cause you say, let me just stop you there, Scoots. This is, this is not going to work. Okay. Well, let me tell you, I, I mean, while I've been using your platform more, it's mostly been private. Uh, and so I haven't been scrolling through and seeing like, oh, is that tiny four bit by four bit picture of someone that, uh, is paying someone else for, um, shrimp and tacos or, what is that? Iced and uh, whatever. Um, like, uh, or like, like, like a dog and walking. Like, do I feel like, is, is it, does my heart flutter? I haven't been doing that at all lately. So I don't know. I'm just putting that out there. But you know who would be doing it a lot lately? Also, I haven't used any of these other apps a long time. But so. I mean, once again, you say, well, we're a new, we're a new representatives of our platform. So tell us again, because we didn't listen to any of the other, other episodes where you offered this idea, not for free, by the way, but I'm freely offering the idea for you to eventually pay me a boatload of money, uh, is, uh, to take your platform and offer a, now it'd be like a speak, again, maybe I didn't use this term in the past, a speak, you know, speakeasies are still popular. Like it's just listening to a podcast where they went to a secret tiki bar. Now they called it a secret tiki bar. Not that I listened to, it was not a tiki bar podcast, but, uh, and actually one of the people that went to the tiki bar didn't drink like me. I mean, not, not I don't know. They didn't, they didn't drink. I don't know if they didn't drink like me because there's a lot of normal people that don't drink, but, uh, it, it, like so and they said it was hidden behind a storefront and uh but you could offer so you have your platform right you already have all the people using it and this is an opt-in secret feature exclusive you could say even a speakeasy level called date moi and uh you know it's already there the title again if you own, own another platform I would have to be prepaid because this time I did it for free. And you can see, oh, you say, Venmoi, date moi. And uh, I, I like, uh, and it says what it is. It says, well, I'm looking for a date for moi uh, or to date. Would you like to date moi? I think that's what MOI in French stands for, but I don't know. And you, when you think of for, for the France, it typically is associated with romance. I don't think it's just me. But so this is a new, so the, uh, the, this is the setup again for what I'm about to explain because I've learned over the years, you know, you're not taking, I haven't called you, but uh, so, okay, so you're going to take your monetary platform, you're going to take everything it's built on, you're going to create a separate layer that's opt-in, invite-only also, I don't think I qualify for that one invite-only platform. I mean, maybe I do, though, like... Uh, because they can't use other dating apps because of work. So it'd be nice if somebody hit me up with that one. Uh, but that doesn't offer any privacy either, Rye or whatever. Uh, but if you're listening and you could get me in on that, uh, uh, not that I like, uh, but yeah, I can't. So it's like, uh, so, okay. So um, where was I? Because, it, but you, you know, we could be, I could be like, uh, so date moi. So you take in your app, it already works, you have a level for dating. And again, it doesn't have to be all fully integrated. You know, it could just seem like it's integrated. And again, you could have the surface level where you say, holy cow. Now, this isn't what I, I mean, well, I might be interested in someone, again, that says, uh, I like waves and, you know, I'm paying this person for margarita and waves and a jet ski emoji. I'd say, are you sure that isn't uh, Owen Wilson's character in that uh, uh, TV show in Loki? They would just have waves and jet, jet skis, maybe. And they'd be looking at it and be like, why, do I, why did I pay someone? There's one margarita, three jet skis, and three waves. Margarita before and after, probably not a good idea, to be honest, Owen Wilson's character, whose name I can't think of. 
in Loki, but uh, what is it? Uh, was it just a general name? When is that season two coming out? Maybe we, I don't think, no offense, but probably not the best partnership. Uh, but you could have fictional characters on there. Here's another idea I just thought of. What about dating, imagine it, well, let's not go there. Probably not the best for this pitch because I already had a pitch going. So basically, I, I think that's a simple thing. You just take your app, and again, it could be, I don't, you know, I don't know anything about infrastructure or coding or whatever, Ruby, Ruby train, Rails or whatever. I just know. Like a lot of people, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Look at that, and you say, "Oh boy, uh, just skis and waves with like maybe it's an NA margarita too." Uh, I'd say, "Holy cow, my heart is pitter pattering right now." I, if I could just tap on that and maybe learn a little bit more to know, oh, is it only because it's a four by four pixel? And it's usually of so you know someone's you know whatever uh, forearm, uh, but you know the, the, there's a science behind that that says uh, whatever. My heart follows where it go. I follow where my heart goes sometimes, and I would follow it one more click, and maybe it's a press and a hold. And you say, "Would you like to 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 to, to date?" Then they say, "This person's not on date moi." And all you could do. This is another thing. You could add a mystery invite. So, again, like, people have to opt in for all this. So, you know, don't go doing it any other way. But that person could get a mystery invite, and they say, hey, you've been in mystery, you've been invited, and, again, it would never be linked back to you, only to take the pressure off everybody. But then they'd be like, holy cow, I didn't even know about this. Uh, and, again, you put maybe build out a profile anyway. And maybe your algorithm, I'm sure you're out. I mean, come on. You'll, I'm sure you'll say no, but you'll laugh. I say, I'm sure your algorithms know people's relationship status anyway. So only initially, like you could, they, like you could try to do that and you say, oh, this person's not eligible for an invite to, to, to date moi. But otherwise you could invite people. That'd be, you know, that boost my, you say, oh boy, just like that other exclusive app that I would love an invite to. Uh, but, uh, like, uh, like you say, oh boy, like go for it. Like, uh, I don't know. So just another thing I was thinking, but you know, if you do click on it and there are, and they say, this person is on date moi and here's their profile. So it's just that simple. Uh, and again, you can monetize it, I'm sure. Or like, uh, you say, would you like, okay, yeah, no, can't get into that, uh, Say, would you like to buy this person some virtual uh, waves and jet skis? That's probably not the best. Again, I haven't figured it all out. So that's the basic idea. But again, and I know like one of the things is like usage. So we would have to find ways that I've discussed on past episodes to um, bring up the awareness. But I do think I'm onto something with that secret invite. And again, as soon as you say something's exclusive, as long as you say it enough times and get some people on there, then, you know, there's a chance somebody that I would want to use it at least. So, okay, so those are so those are the basics. We said, well, we got to get attention for our platform. So in the past, I've come up with some other ideas that I don't really remember now. One was like activities at bars, like doing crafts. And there's probably a, then, oh, you could have sponsored Romcom Con. I think that was my last offer, right? Was that, uh, the, like, uh, the romance convention about Romcons and a Romcon happening at a romance convention. And those are ideas I'm still holding on to. Also, like, there is Romcom, a Rom, Romcon. I haven't looked on their website in a while because the last time I looked was like during that time when uh, there wasn't really conventions. And I know there's ROM writers on here, ROM, 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 writers of romance and romantic related and adjacent fiction. So let me know. One day I'd like to, you know, have the courage to go back to conventions, which has nothing to do with anything other than, you know, internal, uh, so you know, being social. 
But that would be good, you know, because then I could, oh, Romanflits, that's another thing I tried that I never followed through on. But this one, maybe, and maybe it goes into the rom-com con, rom-con, rom-com con. I mean, shouldn't, don't you think it could be a sub-convention in rom-con, rom-com con, rom-com con, rom-con, rom-com con. You see, what's that? Well, it's a rom, it's, there's a convention called rom-con, and within it is a sub-convention Rom con con, which is a romance, rom romantic, you know, romantic comedy convention. So it's rom con, rom com con. And you say you lost me at, and I say, aren't you supposed to say you had me at rom com 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 rom rom whatever you tried to say? No, you didn't have me. You lost me at that. Oh. That's not a good start for, that's like, not. I guess that is a good start for a rom-com. And that brings me to this story, which is a famous story yet untold or heard about, uh, like, and I wish I'd seen any of these films, uh, like, uh, but it's about uh, two photographers, both hired uh, to, to to take photos at a rom com rom com rom like a, a convention, and one was shooting with a camera, um, and they were a member of a group called the the A Sevens, and uh, like uh, they they told their friends at the A Seven, and we'll just call them A Seven. Uh, Ace, we'll call them Ace, because uh, A7 and Ace kind of sound similar. And Ace was had been a member of A7s for a while. They had been a member of another uh, camera group. But, you know, the A7s, they were known, you know, to, to share, you know, share things among one another, help each other find freelance jobs, give feedback, a professional and uh, social group. Of photographers and they called themselves the A7s and they had a secret by the way like uh, this is imaginary but they, you say if you it, to identify yourself uh, you say hey and they say hey A7 uh, that's the code like or you knock and they say hey and you say hey A7 so if there was ever A7 speakeasy that's how you could get in there. But uh, that's what Ace, Ace was a member of the A7s. And they were there uh, sh- shooting, um, like a p- taking photos uh, for a company like uh, that specialized in um, uh, space. Like, uh, hopefully this isn't a real company, but uh, the imaginary name is, in, well, well, it's just combined two things. Saturn-Neptune Publications or Neptune-Saturn Publications. Septune, Septune, Septune Publications, yeah. And they were known for having, um, like, uh, space-based romantic fiction, uh, particularly. And, uh, like, within a pretty broad spectrum, you know, like hard hard sci-fi romance uh, and then stuff that's more speculative, uh, and fantastical even, so not always like just a strict science-based. Well, you'd think if you did that, you could even make some textbooks. Like some of them, were, people would even confuse for textbooks. Uh, and there's even, you know, there's even a punchline that they would use this. So that's the hardest sci-fi I've ever read, uh, but uh, that's a, for a whole nother podcast. Uh, I'm sorry, it just had, it had to be said uh uh, asteroids, uh, like, uh, but so, uh, Ace was sh- there shooting Ace, like, uh, as a member of the A7s, but they said, uh, this, r- this new romantic convention, you know, just like a lot of other ones was coming into this new era and they really wanted to promote it. So they had a great idea, which was like, they told Ace, uh, they said uh, they knew the, the, about the A7s which was like an invite-only thing, by the way. And they said, uh, hey, like, why don't you, um, like, you can have your own booth and uh, you could do whatever you want. Uh, 
you know, you got to run it by us, but, you know, to add some fun, you know, invite some of your friends. You know, we could give free free convention passes and a free booth, and maybe you could recoup your costs, like do something, you know, for the hotel and, and travel. I mean, Ace was being paid because they were there already uh, working for whatever, Septune. So the A7s had a booth, uh, and uh, they were trying. They were trying to think of cool ideas. Uh, and again, all this would be possible. You know, even these sub booth, like even the to just think about it. If you had a dating platform, you know, that was also my whatever. Like uh, you could say, hey, like uh, we could even have something there, like the date moi A7s and, and date moi. Wouldn't be a fo- like you know people have a lot of experience with photo booths, so I'm sure the A7s are thinking of something cool. And I don't know if they have, at least in this fiction, I'm not sure yet. This rom com pitch uh, that's barely a pitch, uh, they would have. I don't know if they'd have. I mean, should this be a musical or just what? Are there any like uh, popular films promoting? Uh, monetary exchange app that's becoming that's not becoming a dating app that's offering a secret dating app level. Uh, like uh, fil- films based on that uh, that are based on imaginary conventions within an imaginary well, real convention that I thought was imaginary that I've reimagined with an imaginary convention within it that are not musicals but have dancing. So I don't know. So we'll come back to the A7s and Ace. So that was Ace. There for work and for fun. There with a professional and a social organization. Uh, the other things, let's see. So the other things there. Um, oh, so the other group is uh, um, the ki- the ki- this group, uh, and this is perfect for our situation. They called themselves the Can Cans. So this was another photography group that like used a particular camera. And again, they're a social and professional organization. They'd been around a little bit longer and uh, had a little bit different style and image. You know, the A7s were a little bit more uh, now like like within like just had different. um, The can-cans were a little bit more not traditionalist in the sense uh, we're used to. Uh, but you know, just a slightly different style again, invite only a little bit longer around though. People would, um, uh, though people had like used the different cameras before in joined a sevens or joined the can cans. Like, uh, it was rare for someone to have been a member of both of these groups. But again, another group, CanCans, uh, they used one particular camera model and worked together. And a beautiful thing to support one another and to enjoy one another's company and to, to help develop his skills and professional and, and mentorship and all that cool stuff and have fun. So that was the CanCans. Now, uh, we'll just say Canny was uh, the member of the CanCans there at uh, Ram. Ramcon, Ramcon, Ramcom, Con. It would be Ramcom, Con, Ram. But but Canny was there uh, to to also take photography or to take pictures, and uh, like uh, was there uh, taking pictures for like a historical. You know, there's historical fiction, so there's all kinds of historical fiction, and there's historical romantic fiction. And not that different than space-based or sci-fi, uh, again, like different levels of that. Uh, and this company that uh, Candy was working for, it's called uh, Historically, like a uh, Historically Love. Like, it's like one long thing. It, there's no why in there, though. So uh, that, that's who uh, Candy was working for. Sorry, just uh, you may not have heard it, but I was uh, slightly interrupted by my by remembering to to that uh, maybe one or maybe the can 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 cans or the A sevens may have contacted me and said that none of them exist. Uh, by the way, there is no can can. There is no 
organizations like this. This is totally imaginary or friend, you know, groups. Uh, they're not, or they just like, if there were, they're not, they're, they're not exclusive in the way they're positive. If they were in my imagination, other than in this story, they're there for totally positive support. And speaking of positivity, the can cans, they also got a booth, right? And they were a little bit uh, more prepared, I guess. I don't know if they'd been, someone had been to a convention, but they partnered with uh, um, like a, a couple of imprints and publishers that specialized in themes around magic, like uh, um, performance ma- magic that's performed. So they uh, they had a booth uh, where the like uh, the authors could come and talk about their works. The representatives from the publishers could come. Fans could come, and and they had some like different ways set up of like uh, the power of magic of for ma- magical photography. So where they're explaining, I didn't pay attention to this part. But at different things, they had like different setups where they could show old film techniques you could use to, to create a, something seeming ma- seemingly magical and digital techniques you could use. Uh, but all practical ones, even the digital ones were mostly practical techniques. And ones, now particularly the digital ones, what was cool is that people could do, then do them at home, like making yourself stand next to yourself in two different outfits or whatever. But without ha- like using an app, but not using an app to do that for you. But also because a lot of the imprints and publishers, there was also a lot of close-up magic uh, and magicians there to perform that had either been hired or were just fans. So there was also a lot of photography. So there was a lot of positive hubbub. You know, because also people like tend to, you know, when you have a top hat and a tuxedo, not that every magician does, uh, that's popular. And then also sometimes people do, we're even doing like, uh, like Houdini-esque tricks. And that's another area that also has a lot of fanfic. Uh, so it's just cool, cool, uh, I don't know, like a vibrant scene within a scene within a scene, man. And this is where the first connection was made because Ace uh, had taken a break from the booth and wasn't doing any work. Uh, and uh, there's a pretty big floor, like not the biggest convention you've been to, but not the smallest one. And um, like you got to pay, you know, when you're you're at one of these conventions, if you're like me, you got like you, you're better off getting outside of your comfort zone, right? And uh, Ace was like, like uh, similar, just kind of strolling and not paying attention. But then, like, uh, like uh, you know, there's the ends of the rows, and then there's the ends of the convention floor. I think those are like the corners are the most popular spots. But even at the end, that's where the bigger booths are. And Ace said, just having to stop and see like two rows down. Uh like a magician performing, but also like some old school cool equipment, uh, but like uh, behind them. And uh, like there was just hubbub, so Ace wasn't fully paying attention. And there was a magician and they asked for for help from the audience. It wasn't a plant. Uh, and they per- they're having to get canny as they're uh, like, they said, I'm going to need some help with this next trick. Or this next thing. I don't think they say trick. Maybe they do. They probably shouldn't because uh, they said, so you're going to trick me. And that's what Canny said to the magician. He said, no, 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 well, we'll, uh," but it was uh, like, it was actually, the magician was so good. This was part of their, like their bit in case they could improvise. And there was just something about it where at first it it was like, um, Ace's feet were moving, even though Ace didn't realize it, because at first it was just the body language. Ace wasn't close enough to pick up on the banter. 
the improvised banter because then it was going back and forth. It's like, no, no, I'm not going to trick you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trick the, uh, no, I'm not going to trick the audience or you. I'm going to present like, in, like, uh, in, like, that's my favorite thing when the magician, you know, really helps build tension. The magician's kind of, uh, like, I don't know, like, uh, you know, kind of playing along and letting, uh, Kenny, you know, play it out. And it's also, uh, you know, when the heart goes pitter patter, these are the kind of tensions that are similar. That's what, uh, um, I don't know. And that's what drew Ace, Ace closer and closer. And pretty soon it was like something with hula hoops and, uh, like, a like shower curtain and water and even illusion where it looked like candy got all wet, but then like, and then there was water everywhere, but then there wasn't. And everybody's like, I thought there was water everywhere. And like it revealed like a, like just a, one of those fake shit, you know, somebody that's like, there's a popular Halloween costume once upon a time that I think you could design where it's like you're in the shower and part of it is like you use, um, tinsel icicles, silver tinsel, fake icicles that looks like fake water. Doesn't actually look like fake water at all. I mean, it just simulates, but so that's like the final reveal. So there was like, uh, anyway, and, uh, Ace clapped and actually made eye contact with Canny and then went into the, uh, wandered into the booth, not knowing so under multiple levels of illusion, including the illusions of the heart. Also like, uh, maybe the title of a book. And the second one was Illusions of the Heart. Uh, and then the uh, behind-the-scenes book, Alluding to the Heart. And then also the attempted musical book, uh, A Loot from the Heart. Uh, all of those, you know, uh, uh, Gingerbread Press, uh, you know. I'm trying to think of any knocks after dark books, uh, but a loot, a loot of the heart was my favorite one that I didn't write. And, uh, oh, so anyway, but so Ace wandered in, had made eye contact with Canny, but, uh, Ace still didn't know Ace was being guided by, uh, biomechanical forces, we'll just say within, and he started looking at the old equipment. There was even this beautiful old tripod, wooden, like that kind of shiny, well-worn wood, you know, not just polished, but, uh, you know, sanded down by time and, and hand, you know, hand oil, well-use, uh, like probably kept up, uh, and Ace was actually touching the, um, tripod, uh, Totally, like, looking at the grain. Old-style camera was on top of it with one of those thingamajigs. And, uh, like, uh, like, like Ace was caught up in it. And Canny was actually supposed to be working the booth. Uh, That's why, anyway, it kind of came up behind Ace and was watching him. It was watching them totally be caught up in the illusion. Or, like, what, not the illusion, but... Uh, they're caught up in something with this wood. And uh, Candy said, uh, please keep your hands off the tripod. Uh, and uh, Ace went, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Just a beautiful, beautiful tripod here. And Candy said, yeah, it's part of our uh, booth. Uh, welcome. Uh, and Ace said, thanks. Is it, uh, it's very romantic in here. Uh, very romantic tripod. And it w- was one of those ones that, uh, like, uh, it, it fell flat, but in a way Candy could appreciate. Uh, and Candy even said, it never associated tripods with romance, you sicko. And uh, Ace said, uh, like, uh, uh, the, that, like, uh, well, no, uh, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I mean, and, and Candy said, why don't you, uh, we're doing, we're showing how we do some, uh, photographic illusions would you like to see uh how, how one of them is is performed 
And uh, he said, oh, wow, yeah, like, uh, again, not not yet. The tension had not been established other than, the te- you know, this already existing hubba hubba tem- tension. And Candy said, okay, you'll take, why don't you start, you'll take my picture. I'm going to stand over here and uh, take my picture with this camera on the, on the very uh, hot tripod that you're uh, all over. And Ace went towards the camera and then realized that it was a can-can camera, even though it was old, old like, a, like a vintage camera. And Ace was, like, again, um, really, like, into the A7s. And Ace said, oh, no, I don't, I don't uh, shoot with, uh, shoot with can-can. I, I don't shoot with can-cans. Uh, and there could have been other jokes, but, it, like, again, in this particular version, that had a different meaning, uh, not like can-can dancers. And... Uh, but, you know, Canny knew exactly, I mean, kind of didn't know exactly what it meant, but knew exactly what it meant to Canny. And said, oh, uh, you a photographer? And they said, yeah, I'm a photographer. I'm here working. Uh, and Canny said, so am I. And they had a brief thing where they were talking about the clients they were working for. And, uh, like, uh, like they got kind of caught up in that conversation and some shared, you know, things of, like, uh, you know, trying to establish, you know, billing and all that, you know, just be like, uh, basic stuff. And then, uh, uh, he said, wait a second, is this, uh, and then Ace kind of looked, recognized a couple people and said, wait a second, is this like the, like, uh, is this a, you, you, is this your, are you in the, is this a can-can booth? I got to get out of here. And in some sense, I think that really what was happening with Ace was that uh, the feelings, like the, the the things were going so well with Canny that that added something where Ace didn't even think anymore and just bolted out of there. Went back to the A7s to see if uh, Ace was seen at the Can-Can booth, and Ace was because they said, oh, there he is. Uh, and they said, sorry, you know, <laughs> like they were giving Ace a hard time. They said, oh, boy. No, 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 no. Leaking our secrets over there, huh? Uh, what are you, a magic fan? And he said, I, I am a magic fan. And they said, well, uh, make yourself disappear, man. You can't, uh, you, you, I thought you were one of us. And they said, uh, well, I didn't know, like, I didn't, I was, I didn't, and they said, we know what you were paying attention to. It wasn't the magician, uh. Or the illusion, and they said, "Yeah, I know." Like, well, at first I was like, "Wow, they're doing magic there," and then I found myself in the booth. I, you know, it was not a. And they said, "We're just kidding you, Ace," uh, but we are going to have a dance off with the Can Cans in a little while, uh, without singing, but with music performed by somebody else. And he said, "Well, I don't really like to dance," and they said, "Well, you don't have." <laughs> Like, you don't have a choice. Uh, And he said, well, what dance are we doing? And they said, well, we've got to, like, we've got to get dressed, too. So we're closing the booth. And they put a curtain across the front of the booth uh, so they'd have privacy. And they were dressing up as, um, like, from the movie, but also the now the streaming show, but also the pinball game. And originally a TV show, right? Like uh, they were dressing as um, um, as a, they were all putting on cloaks and bald caps, uh, and they're dressing as uh, Uncle Fester uh, from the Adams family, and they were going to do this dance. So then they got dressed and they started rehearsing. And it was kind of like a combination dance from the movies and the show, but mostly like uh, using the different versions of Uncle Fester that we've seen. All some great performances in there, right? I mean, particularly in the last 20 years, some some phenomenal uh, performances. And also there was a musical, which I haven't seen, but people have seen it. And they, I guess they probably, I mean, you, you, you like uh, Andrew Lippa does make a lot of danceable songs. So I think they probably picked out an Andrew Lippa song from the musical to dance to. 
Because when when I like just when I listen to like uh, Big Fish or uh, Adam's Family, like I, there are, I, I find myself dancing, even if it's just in my seat. So they were getting ready for their dance off. Now, meanwhile, already at the dance floor. Now, this isn't the only thing. Like uh, this is one of these things, uh, like a participatory event at the romcom at romcon, the imaginary version. And at romcom, rom at romcom at romcom con at romcon. Uh, there, there's a um, like there's just dance offs. It's another thing. Like so, you you like uh, like uh, sometimes like you say, well, we publish pirate fiction and you publish pirate fiction. Let's have a dance off, uh, or you publish pirate fiction and we pu- publish uh, whatever fish fiction. We'll have a dance off. It's all for fun. And it's mostly just, uh, it doesn't even have to be that rehearsed. Like, you don't have to show up, but a lot of people like to dress up. Uh, and this is towards the end of the day when people, you know, people that do imbibe start imbibing. People like that, like just chill naturally do that. But the day was winding down. And this is just social, you know, socialized. It's one of the few conventions. That mostly stays on the convention floor. Again, a brilliant thing they learned was that uh, if we already have this rented out uh, and and, uh, why move it to like have the after party here and uh, let's just keep it here. uh, Then, you know, afterwards, like, and I've just found that successful. Like uh, if you go off site, a lot of times it kills the momentum or splits everybody up. but so what was interesting was the can-cans, instead of uh, they were dressed up as a different um, scientific instruments you would find in a laboratory. Some with cardboard, some with inflated, you know, so like a beaker, Bunsen burner, uh, like uh, other stuff like a magnifying glass, oh, or what is that called, a microscope too, thermometer, so all different stuff like that, uh, and I'm not exactly sure because I didn't catch like uh, exactly what the, like a uh, song. I don't think it was an Andrew Lippa song. I think it was like they did a throwback to like a old uh, like 80s or 70s uh, like a, the video they found on YouTube like that was a film st- educational film strip uh, with a song like uh, these like. Uh, that 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 was originally existed in my imagination, but then became like a film they would pass out when they had to show film in schools. And it was about uh, practicing, like they just thought it was ironic, like ironic in a good way, because it was called uh, "Don't Fall in Love in Biology Lab." Even though it never really existed in the real world, like it was a song about uh, being responsible in your biology lab. And it, I mean, this should be made, by the way, just so you know, holy birds and bees. Because it's like uh, kids, by the way, date moi, I forgot that we were even doing this for you. But like, this is what the film's going to be like. Films within films. Think about it. We could just put this up on YouTube. People could discover it by accident. And then, you know, then they see it's a part of the movie. I don't know. Like, uh. But so uh, it was called Don't Fall in Love in the, Bi- in the Biology Lab. Uh, but really, because the kids in biology in high school are going through changes uh, and, and or some of them have already gone through them. Some of them, but you're, you know, you're adjusting and you're learning about the world, about biology. But you're also in biology lab where you have to beakers and stuff like that. You got to be careful. And so it was both levels of that. Uh, and it was also kind of like a, a short film with music, a musical film, Don't Fall in Love in the Biology Lab, blah, blah, blab, in the lab. Uh, and it's just this, you know, tale of like two people have fallen, like, you know, across the room, but like mishap after mishap after mishap. And I think it's like maybe it's like different pairs, uh, and that's like like uh, so that like it was very comedic, uh, and no one knew. 
even though it only exists in my mind, like, was this on purpose that it was so strangely comedic or not? So that was a classic. Uh, so that's why they were dressed up as uh, uh, biology lab instruments or whatever you want to call them, uh, accessories, to, accessory to a biology lab. And at the end, there's a dancing frog, uh, uh, the full, like, like, I mean, person dressed as a dancing frog, like that, that got out of the lab, uh, when the two people that were the most, like the two students that were paying attention to the whole musical they were in, they learned, uh, they both, their hands touched, uh, over a frog, uh, and then much like Elliot and E.T., they let the frog go. And Candy was the frog, so Candy had the big number. I think I don't know if that was WB or UPN that had the dancing frog. But, oh, boy, was that, uh, like, it uh, brought the house down. And they had a projector screen playing the original, so it was actually kind of like a jukebox performance. I mean, I, I guess everything is, right? Well, it's different because then... Um, the aces, A7s had to follow that, and they were like, we got to follow this? Uh, and all they had was, like, light bulbs that light up in their mouths, and, they're, you know, somebody had, like, you know, headsets, and one person had, you know, was going to put them in their armpits and uh, their feet and, you know, other things, but, uh, their feet, you know, between their toes uh, in the middle of their dancing so they kind of felt down about it uh, and a little bit irritated, like, because they said, well, we just got upstaged uh, by something that's never, that only exists in the imagination of a sleep podcaster. Couldn't he have done something better for us? And th- th- now they didn't have to worry because every once in a while during the dance offs, uh, even in the middle of a song, you have to be prepared and on your feet. Uh, and so there's times like where the dance-offs randomly, um, like interrupted by the AV crew and you have to be able to improvise for it. And what happened was they started their song and believe it or not, I think it was like someone like that, like, uh, I think it was actually Andrew Lippa singing who showed up there cause it, Andrew Lippa had heard about it. So he started singing, like they didn't know it because it was like they had different effects on the mic, right? And even like a couple like like bloopers. So they started doing their Uncle Fester dance as a group, uh, but they weren't really feeling it. And then somehow it was like a slow fade in and it was this mix of um, It Must Have Been Love and Get On Your Feet, uh, two songs that uh, you wouldn't think go together especially with the song from Adam's family, but it did. But like when it went into get on your feet, uh, like, uh, then at least the, um, uh, the a sevens knew to kind of say, Hey, get on your feet. Like, uh, and started in, in, and, uh, again, sometimes our bodies and, and our spirits are wiser than our brains. And Ace just happened to ask Canny to, to, to dance, uh, so you had a fester and a frog dancing together to those two things. And it was like the rest of the world obviously faded into the background. And uh, he said, sorry, I ran out of the thing. Uh, and Candy said, I bet you caught like a lot of uh, like uh, trouble when you went back to your booth. You're in the a- I didn't even realize you were in the A7s. A- and it's like, I can't believe we had a dance-off, but it was a friendly dance-off, and now we're dancing together. And uh, Candy said, yeah, it's like we're missing most of the main, um, like, a- areas of development of, a like, a rom-con. We just, like, had the beginning and the end. Uh, and, uh, like, that's when it would switch, and then they'd have to slow dance together. But it was better than that because I said, whoa, 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 not only is this the end, we'll also have the postscript here because the postscript is that, uh, you know, this was one of these great romances that happens and eventually, you know, they fell in love, they started seeing one another, they realized they lived, both lived in, um, they lived in different boroughs at first, then they lived in the same borough. 
they both moved to the Boogie Down Bronx, and uh, they, they like, uh, like we've found they like to um, that their photography styles and their cameras and their lenses weren't interchangeable. Uh, but the, in a good way, they were they could complement each other, and uh, eventually they like had a big wedding, uh, like uh, with uh, the aces and the can cans. And now, where do you think they got married? Uh, you'd say rom com com rom com, and I say right that one didn't even need a red herring there. Uh, though that was what was funny was that the uh, person performing it. They were part of another dance-off, and they were dance, dressed as a red herring, officiating their wedding, even though it wasn't a red herring at the time, because uh, like, the story would have been more kind of a, like, uh, you know, would have followed a different structure if, if it had had that. So never what you expect here, like, uh, and, you, and you may be like, if you're a you know, corporate executive, you say... They'd say, like, it must have been, like, get on your feet. Uh, see, can you imagine if the only place you could see that, like, uh, what if, how about free tickets? What, oh, here's an idea. You sponsor RomCon, also RomCom, Con in RomCon, or at RomCon, RomCom, Com, RomCon, and uh, you say, sponsored by Date Moi. And the official, and you, you also have your main company, official payment partner of Romcom, com, you know. And these are ideas you could actually use, uh, uh, you know, that uh, would actually, you say, this is a slow thing. Because, I mean, the real influencers, you know, there's like, you say, I can guarantee that members of the A7s and the CanCans as well as writers of romantic fiction are like the real people you want because uh, they're really connecting on a deep level to, you know, a visual level or an emotional, uh, I don't know what do you call it, like a level that's like right in your brain, literature level. And, you know, all those, you know, go right up against your spirit. And then you can kind of have the only place you could see, you could get free tickets to rom-com con you see, but where, how, where does it exist? Oh, it, well, it's an imaginary conference that doesn't exist, uh, but you get a ticket to it. And you could go anytime. That's the best part about RomCom Con at RomCon. You could go anytime. And you could also watch that uh, biology video anytime you want. Uh, you just uh, go in the app, open it up. It says, uh, watch, uh, what is it called? Don't fall in love in biology class. Do you don't? Fall D F in love D F I I L I B C. That's what it's known by. Uh, you know, uh, you know when people don't want to say all those words instead of just saying and having it run together like rom com con at rom con. Yeah, that I said it correctly that time. And you see, you can watch the film right now, and this is within your mind and within your. It, it all is already there within your imagination. But a nice love story, uh, but it could, you know, the only way this love story could be improved is uh, if there was, uh, you know, if there's some giant mega platform that said, uh, hey, let's, uh, you know, you said, well, damn, we could have a dating level. Uh, I don't think, I mean, I realize I'm a realist, uh, so, but uh, I'll be satisfied with uh, someone dressed like Uncle Fester dancing with a dancing frog in love uh, or being uh, wed with by red herring uh, to a medley any time of the week. Uh, good night, everybody.